Welcome to the Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast with Steve Warren and the coach, Greg Kennedy. Here we are. Coming up today on the Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast, we're at the halfway point of the season, 19-19-3, and 41 points. So that's 24th place out of 32 teams is seven points better than they were at this point last year, but still seventh place in the Atlantic. So we'll talk about that. We will talk about the Sens shuffling their lines, Drake Batherson and that, that pesky plus-minus stats, Mark Kastelik, a winner in his homecoming, and scores a goal. we got trade deadline plans of the Sens buyers or sellers, and DJ gets his 100th NHL coaching win. It's all still ahead today here on the Jim K. Ford Sens Nation podcast. My name is Steve Warren, along with the coach, Greg Kennedy. How are things, Greg? I'm very excited to be here on the... the it, the, the show, show. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I missed i missed last week's show but yes. now i'm here it feels good Steve. And, and in standard uh, senator fashion two steps back they took one step forward again last night uh we'll see how they are two nights ago now sorry we'll see how they end up uh in the next one here yeah on and the, just in the 500 road yeah yeah I, I mean i look back if you go back a month they were 500 a month ago and they're 500 still. So it's been, you know, two steps forward, two steps back. You look up and down their results from the past month, and it really has been. There's a couple of wins. There's a couple of losses. And there's a win. There's a loss. And it's just been, you know, they, they just haven't been able to take that next step. They, they, they really laid out, obviously, in the month of December with a tremendous run. First 19 games versus the next 19 games. Yeah, night and day. But it's just they haven't been able to kind of keep it rolling and as i look at the standings right now i mean they're 24th place out of 32 they're five teams and seven points out of a playoff spot and it feels like groundhog day when it comes to that discussion doesn't it well it's 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 the nature of the beast you're a 500 hockey club you're you are not going to win five out of seven consistently over over the course of a season yes they have nice stretches here and there but a 500 hockey club is by nature, two steps forward, two steps back. And it, you've got a night like uh, the other night there, I mean, Detroit beat Toronto. That's not helping all these teams that you need to catch, keep winning games. There's so many of them that even if three of them lose, that really doesn't help when the other two win, you know, it's just, it, it does, you don't get anywhere. You're spinning your wheels all year until something major happens. And I don't know what that major thing is. And I don't know that it's going to happen. Well, the thing that everybody's been waiting on since the summer of Pierre is, uh, are they going to get a top four defenseman somewhere? And if so, how are they going to get that defenseman? And who will that defenseman be? And Jacob Chikrin is the most mentioned name. And on Thursday night, as the Sens beat Arizona, we got a look at Jacob Chikrin. And I wonder, what do we think of him? Because my initial thought was, and I don't watch Arizona. I'd be insincere to say, I'm a big Coyote guy. I make a, make a point of PVRing all the Coyote games. I watched the game last night, and I haven't seen a lot of Chikrin play hockey, but I specifically watched him on Thursday night, even though it was hard to figure out who he was because of those god-awful rust-colored uniforms that Arizona had on with the black numbers. So his number six was sometimes hard to pick out, but I generally did it. And if I was to base it on one night's work, and you certainly wouldn't do that, Pierre Dorian and his scouting staff would not be doing that, but I had expectations with you know the things that people are telling me that the Sens should give up in the way of assets to bring this guy in. He'll be the savior as the top 4D. 
I wasn't too impressed based on one game. I don't know what you thought of him. Maybe you've had a bigger sample size than that, or what did you think of him Thursday night? Yeah, I've had a slightly larger sample size just because of the, you know, his name's in the news. So I try to, well, not try, I watched a couple games here and there, but he hasn't done much to impress me. I think that what affects this even more so, though, is the price. We all know what the price is, that they're looking for three first-round picks or first-round pick uh, comparables, meaning a, a, a true prospect, uh, a real first-round draft choice, and maybe another prospect who's first-round talent level. So it's just you look at that, and then you watch the guy play, and you're like, no, that the price affects your viewing. He's not great. He's not terrible, but he hasn't looked great for long stretches this season. And then you hear the news about Matt Dumba, who, oh my goodness. I mean, it, it, whether you're a fan of uh, analytics or not, uh, even basic stat lines tell you Matt Dumba's not the answer either. So I, I don't know where they're going to turn to now, and I don't know what the price is going to end up costing them, but I agree with you. I, Jacob Chikrin's not worth what they want for him. Certainly the investments have been made in the blue line position, whether it's Bernard Docker, former first rounder, Lassie Thompson, former first rounder, Eric Brandstrom. You gave up an absolute stud to get that guy. And he's a former first rounder of the Vegas Golden Knights. And then you have Tyler Clevin, a second round. Those are the guys that just immediately spring to mind. It's just unfortunate that not one of those guys looks like they're going to be a top four answer at this stage of the game. Maybe Clevin, maybe he surprises us, but uh, yeah, you had the assets, you had the chips to play, and so far it does not look like you have a top four in the organization in the bunch. Yeah, and from what I've gathered lately, it looks like Jacob Bernard Docker is quote-unquote NHL ready. I, I, I The feeling is that his next call-up will be his last call-up. That's what I'm gathering. So I guess the answer is Jacob Bernard Docker for now. You know, it always seems to be a for now. The Ottawa Senators have been a placeholder. This is the guy for now team for a couple of years, and it's getting a little, it's wearing a little thin. But I'd say Jacob Bernard Docker appears to be ahead of everyone else to have an inside track on that number four spot there. So now the question is, is he good enough or do they go find somebody else who they deem to be better? And, and we really don't know because we haven't seen the JBD play up here in, in quite a while now. Yeah, no question. And the blue line depth has been something that people have been talking about all season long. But, you know, the last little while, and we, we touched on a little bit in the last show, you can look at scoring depth as an issue as well for this team. Very top heavy. But right now it looks like DJ Smith is rolling out Two fourth lines, although against Arizona, hey, Broussard got a goal in front of his Arizona family and friends. Mark Castellet got a goal. So that kind of defies what I'm about to talk about. But in general, it's been a team that's top heavy, that you've, you've got those top five, six guys, and they're all hovering around a point a game, and that's been great. But uh, they need more secondary scoring quite clearly. And DJ Smith, to that end, going into the Arizona game, Flipped the lines around. He went with a top line with Stutzla, with Kachuk and Debrinkit. And the second line was Pinto, Giroux, and Batherson. I wonder, Greg, should you've spoken on this a lot about the notion of pairings, especially when you're in a situation where you don't really have much going on on those third and fourth lines. Should they maybe be sprinkling in those guys that are third and fourth liners right now? with pairs 
so that you have three decent scoring lines as a result, particularly with Josh Norris and Matthew Joseph out of the lineup? I started thinking about that the other day, Steve. We we spoke about five-on-five five scoring and their lack thereof, and how do you create five-on-five five scoring? Um, and that was one thing that I started to think about. And then I was just like, okay, who pairs with who? And it, quite frankly, I, I couldn't figure out who do, you, who do you pair with who? You know, like I'm looking at, a, a, at Giroux and I'm thinking, okay, who do you play Giroux with? Well, he's played a lot with everybody. Does he really have any chemistry with anyone above anyone else? Same thing with Kachuk. Who do you, who do you pair a Kachuk with? I used to think it would be a Norris uh, or, or even Batherson and flip in with whoever you want to play center. But then they all seem to be, nobody really seems to have any pairs uh, chemistry. I, or am, am I wrong? Like, that's the way I'm perceiving it anyway. I, my, I don't see any pairs that I think are like, yeah, that's a pair. My feeling would be, just to answer that question, would be I like Pinto and Giroux. It seems like they have something going on power play-wise. Giroux is always looking for Pinto, on the, again, with the extra man. So, I don't know, they seem to have a bit of a vibe. Stutzla and Kachuk, they are tight as all get out, thick as thieves. I would like that pairing together. And then Dabrinkit and Batherson seem to be all right together. Find someone, you know, whether it's, um, you know, maybe Kastelik. Look at him as a guy, that, see what he can do between those two guys. I mean, none of it's ideal. There's no, there's no perfect setup. DJ Smith has opted to do it this way in the absence of Norris and Joseph because that would be the best option to inject those guys into the roster and maybe even a couple of guys down in Belleville. You could look at Crookshank or Greg or Sokoloff, something like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, those would be the pairings that I might experiment with. And uh, I mean, there, it's there's really not, not much room for error at this stage. That's for sure. Yeah, we didn't talk about this beforehand. You kind of sprung the question on me, but that's those are the exact three pairs that I had written down, eventually settled on. My, my papers here got scribbles all over it. But yeah, that's exactly the, the the way I split the six of them up as well. And then you bring up these uh, the possibility of bringing up players from from Belleville. You got to believe that it's Ridley Gregg's time is coming. Yeah, I know Sokolov's putting up numbers. Maybe he's getting his chance soon. Uh, I'd love to see Angus Crookshank get some ice. I agree with you that he he might bring something that's that's missing. But I just I think they're in the right now. They're trying to decide whether they're buyers or sellers come what is it 40 days or so to uh to trade deadline um you don't want to be tinkering with your lineup while you're trying to decide if you're a buyer or a seller so that kind of indicates that it's going to stay status quo for now except for of course joseph coming back mott coming back we'll see what happens when they do get back right all right let's take a time out of the program greg when we come back we'll talk about mark castellick's homecoming in arizona that went very very well that's coming up after these words Reignite your passion for driving at Jim K. Ford. Check out all the latest innovations in the hottest vehicles like the Ford Bronco, Mustang, Maverick, F-150, and more. And for your comfort, if you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, Jim K. Ford will absolutely say yes to bringing a vehicle to your home or place of work for a demonstration and test drive. Jim K. Ford in Orleans or JimKFord.com. At Jim K. Ford Lincoln, we say yes! Hey, did you know Ottawa's very own Dunrobin Distilleries has been winning prestigious awards internationally for their spirits? It is true. 
Their gins won gold and silver last year out of the UK, and their whiskey came in second place as the best Canadian whiskey right here in Canada. Grab some Dunrobin spirits today at various LCBO locations across the province or buy directly from their website at dunrobindistilleries.com. Great to have Drake Batherson on the show. He was actually a regular guest on the program. And uh, the plus-minus thing with old Drake is uh, yeah. not going particularly well. Like, he's been in the bottom three of the entire league through most of the season. How are you on the plus-minus thing? Like, it, I'm, I'm of two minds in that I think that it can be deceiving. Like, goals can be scored while you're on the ice five-on-five five that you had no bearing in. You could, you know, you, you could be up covering your point man and then some defenseman does something moronic and he's to blame and you get um a, a dash on that a, a negative so it but at the same time when it's really 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 bad like batherson's is that that uh that might tell a story too yeah. what do there's you think there's a message there yeah there's i think i think so yeah yeah it's the uh green you're in green jacket territory what is he minus 25 right now I think that the the people who say that the plus minus is skewed because I just jumped on the ice for a line change and we scored, so I got a plus. But you know what? All stats have that possibility in them, right? We keep track of uh, chances for and shot attempts, percentages, and all that sort of stuff. Same rules apply. I just stepped on the ice, and while somebody took a clapper from center ice and it was on net, that's a shot for percentage point for me. Yeah, but I were, you know I really wasn't involved in the play. So there's any stat has that sort of uh, negative connotation to it. But you're right. When it's a big number, either plus or minus, it's saying something, people. It's saying that you're on the ice a little too often, giving up goals, whether it's you specifically 100% involved or not. Uh, he's on the ice far too often for five-on-five five goals against. I know we have uh, Corsi and we have Fenwick and all kinds of charts that confuse 90% of sports fans, and yet the authors of these charts put out all these acronyms as though all hockey fans know what the hell they're talking about. I, don't, no, I swear no. to God, if they want to live in that world of fancy stats and, and, and complicated graphs, they want to build as many followers and viewers and and consumers of those graphs and things as possible. It'll help them make money down the road. I hear from fans all the time who don't have a clue what any of that stuff means. <laughs> um, and and there, there seems to be no attempt to educate anybody. Well, it's it's the Rorschach one that I, I when they throw up that one of the zone with the with the it looks like an island. There's a little red island over here and the red gets a little lighter as we move out to the coast to get to the water. And then there's yeah. a blue blob over there. And like I, I do understand them and, and I'm not some grumpy get off my lawn curmudgeon. I hate new stats or anything. I do appreciate what's going on there, but I'm with you. It, it's not exactly easily consumable. And that's yeah. a bit of a problem. It, it, it needs to be a little more understandable, relatable. No, sorry, it is relatable, I guess, right? But it needs to be more easily understood. I should be able to look at something real quick and know what's going on without having to Google an acronym all the time. Yeah. I, I just think with you know NHL.com and, and the money that the league has, you know, there and maybe this stat exists already, and I apologize if I sound like a moron by bringing <laughs> this up, but, you know, really establishing – you know, were you in on that goal in some capacity? I would like to look at every goal that is scored, look at everybody on the ice, to the defense, to the offense. Were they responsible for the goal being scored against or for? And really look at it in terms of that, not just shots or not just were you on the ice. Were you actually involved in the scoring opportunity? And uh, 
that would be a stat that I'd I'd be really interested in. Like I say, maybe it already exists, but uh, anyway, moving yeah, on. I, I think you kind of do, you you infer it from a number of stats that are out there. I guess you kind of put a bunch of things together and you come up with overall effectiveness. I'm sure there's something for it. So once again, thanks to Drake Batherson for joining us on the show. Uh, big shot Batherson, hardest shot winner. Uh, also, speaking of big guys, Mark Kastelik was obviously a big winner at the skills competition last Sunday, the fastest skater on the team. And that was probably pretty special, but it probably didn't compare at all to his homecoming in Arizona on Thursday night. Here's an Arizona kid of which there are not many in the NHL. Austin Matthews, another one that comes to mind. Uh, He goes home and has to buy a bunch of tickets for his family and friends. Not only do the Sens come up with a W, but Kastelik gets a goal, and he doesn't get many. He gets a big goal, actually, in that game. A nice feed from Jake Sanderson that he tipped home. Kastelik, uh, well, kind of ignored there by Jacob Chikrin, to be honest. It could have been a little harder on that, but uh, special (laughs) moment, though, for the kid, and this is what Kastelik had to say after the game. He was pretty excited. Unbelievable. Um, The whole day, I mean, I've just been looking forward to this trip for a long time, and then the build-up just to the game, and it all kind of came together. We got the two points, and I mean, it felt extra special to score in front of a lot of friends and family. We thought we may have heard your mom scream after you scored. You think? I don't know. I saw her in the corner, and I, okay. I mean, I was kind of crowd gazing all game and just looking at all my, all my people. So I think, I mean, they told me I got pretty loud after I scored, but I didn't really. I was too focused on celebrating with the boys. So there's Mark Kastelik on a very special evening in a win over Arizona in front of his family and friends. And uh, you always get a kick out of that. I mean, you know, whether whether you're media fans or a teammate, coach, uh, everybody loves those stories. Oh, for sure. And it was nice to see uh, his father. I remember when the Sens had the father's trip earlier this year and they kept showing them in the stands. Yeah. And you kept seeing, of course, you see all of uh, Keith Kachuk all the time. Uh, I don't remember seeing Ed Kastelik, who, of course, in our time was Eddie Kastelik, but I don't remember seeing him in the father's trip. Uh, I, I was kind of concerned about him and thinking, like, is he still around? I think he's still around. So it was kind of cool to see him, too. And the, and mom was thrilled. I always think it's hilarious when the game is on TV. You can, you can PVR the game at home and get all the footage you need, but there's always moms up there with their with their phone filming what's going on on the ice. When You know what? You, you can probably get it for all posterity off the TV feed. Well, if, you, if, you, if you're an American who played, uh, whose dad played in the NHL, as uh, Ed Kastelik did for the Hartford Whalers, the Sens uh, and Pierre Dorian, chances are they're digging on you. They're loving you uh, because the Sens have no shortage of those types of guys. Certainly, Dorian is going to be busy here. As you mentioned, the trade deadline will be on us before we know it. And the question I think a lot of fans have is, uh, these guys buyers? Are they sellers? And once you've identified that, you know, to what end is it? If you're a buyer, are you buying future pieces? Are you buying guys to help you right now and that kind of thing? Um, if you had to make the call right now, where do you think Pierre Dorian and his where do you think his head's at right now? I think just like in the standings, the Senators are mushy middle. They're, they're certainly not. I, I don't want to see them give up the farm for some sort of piece that they think is going to quote unquote put them over the top. Uh, really, the the pieces that they have to move. I'm thinking uh, Austin Watson is coming up as a UFA. I'm thinking uh, you got to make a decision on Cam Talbot. Are you signing him or trading him? Uh, If you can find the top 4D out there right now, 
uh, and make that deal happen and it costs a little more, okay, then I guess you're a buyer. But otherwise, to me, they're just they're just shuffling the furniture around, I think. Uh, a couple guys with contract decisions that they can move and beyond that, I don't see them doing very much and I don't think they need to do very much. No, and the thing about when you want to buy things, you know, the, the people that are selling are, are selling off, you know, older guys. And uh, is that what the Sens need at this stage of the game? Or do they need pieces for two, three years from now? Um, so it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be the right time, but it, I guess it's just one of those deals where Pierre Dorian's just going to, you know, keep his cell phone very handy. And if uh, something that can help you right now and in the future, you look at that. But I, I don't know that there's that home run trade that anybody's looking for. You know, a buyer at this stage of the game that's not the Sens will be looking for, you know, a really good asset. And do the Sens have that really good asset that they're willing to part with at this point of the game? You mentioned Cam Talbot. That would be the kind of guy other teams might be looking for, a little insurance and goal at the deadline. But beyond that, I, I don't know that buyers are out there looking at anything that the Sens have that the Sens would be willing to sacrifice. Exactly. You, you you might want to be a seller or you you might even want to be a buyer, but what do you have that anybody wants to buy or what do you have that that uh that can acquire you anything that you really want? Yeah. Like I I I mentioned Watson, I I, I I there's nobody else as far as a a UFA is concerned. He's really the only one that might maybe somebody was interested in Derek Broussard. Maybe young Lucini's done enough that somebody thinks, hey, that guy's okay. Uh, I think Tyler Mott's a UFA at the end of the year. But mm-hmm. these are these are third, fourth line depth guys. They're they're not bringing you in any big piece. Uh, it might be more interesting to look at the list of the RFAs coming up. You know, uh, uh, Pinto's coming up, uh, Branstrom, uh, even Sokolov, JBD. There's a couple there in the RFA side that might turn you into more of a buyer because they're a little more uh, appealing to teams who might want to pick up those guys. But I just, the other side of the coin is a guy who's going to get traded at the trade deadline, like if he's he's an approaching UFA status, he's got a list of teams he wants to go to. And trust me, Ottawa's not on it. So that rules you out on any number of them. Like John Klingberg's available. He ain't coming to Ottawa. He's got a 10-team mm-hmm. list, and Ottawa's not going to be on it. So that's yeah. going to hamper things, too. It really looks like they're they're pretty much, I think, they're stuck sort of with what they have for now yep. until the offseason. Yep, agreed. You know, what are you willing to sacrifice? And once you've decided on that, what will those guys truly get you at this point? You know, that, that's... That's what it comes yeah. down to. And uh, so if anything relevant happens at the trade deadline where you go, wow, I love that we got that player, I guarantee you this, you've just lost a, a great asset or a great young player uh, for that to have happened. So it's going to be uh, interesting to see how it proceeds. When we come back on the show, we'll talk about John Tortorella banning iPads. Blake Wheeler suffers I, I about one of the worst injuries I can imagine. <laughs> and we'll have some sense trivia as well. And that's all coming up after these words. Reignite your passion for driving at Jim K. Ford. Check out all the latest innovations in the hottest vehicles like the Ford Bronco, Mustang, Maverick, F-150, and more. And for your comfort, if you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, Jim K. Ford will absolutely say yes to bringing a vehicle to your home or place of work for a demonstration and test drive. Jim K. Ford in Orleans or jimkford.com. At Jim K. Ford Lincoln, we say yes! 
Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. It is Steve Warren along with the coach, Greg Kennedy. I want to encourage everybody to check out our podcast at SendsNationHockey.com. All kinds of cool articles there as well. I love this story. Greg, John Tortorella has banned iPads in Philadelphia. No more iPads on the bench for the Flyers. And frankly, John Tortorella and I aren't always on the same page when it comes to coaching philosophy and tactics, but I do like this one. How about you? <laughs> I knew you would love it. I, I don't know. I'm kind of torn. I, I, I see the use and I, I see the positives from it. But I think I, I, I prefer it more from a coaching angle. Excuse me. You know, if the coach comes up to you and wants to show you something, that's, that's one fair. thing. That's but fair. these guys who, you know, the second they get off the ice, where's the iPad? You know, they got to grab the thing and start looking at stuff. And I wonder if half the time they're actually looking at the game or they're just checking out something that's going on in the sixth row that the guys are talking about or something. You know, I don't know how important it is to have that immediately following your shift to go back and look at, I don't know what they look at. I think I see it more as a coaching tool and it seems to have run amok a little and Torts probably agrees with us on that one. I think there's some level of vanity going on as well. They want to see something cool they did or they want to see what they could have done differently. Like try to dangle a guy and it didn't work. You want to see what happened. And I think like I say, you know, for the same reason, every hockey player in the history of the world checks out his image uh, in the reflection on the the plexiglass as they walk uh, skate around in the warm up, there's a little bit of vanity going on there. People like to see their own highlights, and I think more more often than not, that is going on. I love your notion though of you know keep the iPads there, but you don't touch it. This yeah. is exclusively the domain of the coaches. I want to show you something. You know, there's not a lot, there's not a ton of correction in game that happens. Most of that happens at practice, but sometimes there is something you want to show a guy. And an, an iPad is a nice asset for that, but I'm, I'm done with, I'm with Tortorella. I'm done with the notion of players grabbing, you know, saying to the trainer, grab me that iPad. I want to see what happened on that play. Uh, I, I, I think that can wait. I think that can wait until the next day. Um, the other NHL story. Oh my God. Blake <laughs> yeah. Wheeler. I mean, it was this big screaming headline about it. It's like, how do we get here? Okay. The headline is Blake Wheeler suffers a ruptured testicle. <laughs> I didn't want to make too huge a deal of it, but I got I got thinking to myself, in a world where we have to pull teeth to get a coach or, or yeah. somebody to tell me what the nature of an injury is to a star player, oh, it's a lower body injury or a upper, it's overall body soreness we hear sometimes. Some, for some reason, someone in the Jets organization decided to come screaming into the media room to yell, <laughs> ruptured testicle what is that about what the hell it's a it's a mid-body injury steve <laughs> it's i guess it is as it's mid as it gets yeah so i, I did i i i that was my first initial reaction was the same as you like well, some guy's got a broken like tyler mott has a broken finger and you can't tell us he's got a broken finger right yeah but, yeah but hey ruptured testicle we're all over that one Oh. We'll tell you about that. I, I think the finger injury was more because they couldn't decide if his arms up in the air, it's upper body. If his arms down, it's lower body. So they, they couldn't tell us on Tyler Mott, but they came through for us on this one. Gotta love it. <laughs> oh. uh, maybe it's a theory of like, we just want to tell people how impressive Blake Wheeler was that he played through that. Uh, maybe brag about him a little bit. That's the only thing I can think of. But uh, well, anyway, he, apologies. He gave, he, no, Steve, he he gave his left to make a play. Oh, see. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, moving on quickly uh, for those of you listening on a Saturday morning trying to enjoy your breakfast you probably didn't Sorry. appreciate that particular segment um <laughs> what stat impresses you more here Greg is it McDavid with 79 points and a 16 point lead on the entire NHL is it Boston being 32 five and four at the midway point of the season leading the entire league by nine points or is it Eric Carlson leading the entire league in even strength scoring he's a 12 point lead in that stat on all defensemen. He leads in, in all points on defensemen as well. But uh, right. of those three stats, McDavid, Carlson, or the Bruins, which stat is most impressive to you? Uh, they are all impressive. They're the, But the Boston one, I think, is most impressive, uh, despite their recent home shutout loss to Seattle. Their, yeah. first, their first home loss in regulation all year, That the Boston thing just blows me away. Just blows me away. You, you, you know, Connor McDavid's going to put up stats. We all know he's going to put up stats. Okay, they're amazing. We know that, but he's an individual. Eric Carlson, while you weren't expecting it, and it's surprising at his age that he's in his current, uh, his last four years of hockey, it's surprising in that sense. But Boston is a team. We're starting the year with the injuries they had, new coach, everything that's gone on there. Uh, that uh, that one blows me away. Like their seventy six Montreal Canadian pace is it seventy six or seventy nine or whatever year it was. This team's going to blow away sixty wins on their current pace. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I I would tend to agree. I, I'm I knew McDavid would be doing something like this. Like he just his dazzling ways have become old hat to me. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I I shouldn't you know, frown on it or anything like that. Carlson's a surprise. I, I thought that he was on the downside and all of a sudden he looks to me like he's going to win a Norris trophy. By the way, as, as an aside on that, didn't you say that the odds were saying that he's not the favorite, the betting favorite here at the midway point in the season to win the Norris? Correct. He's, he's the third betting favorite to win the Norris. <laughs> That's, you, have, uh, you have Makar and um, oh, darn now you put me on the spot. Now I can't remember who the second betting favorite is. It Morrissey? Is, I, it's not. It's somebody else, and, and it it surprised me. Oh, um, it's um, oh no, it's not Hedman. It's somebody more like that, like a veteran guy. And you're like, really? But but uh, right now, I'm not a betting guy. But Carlson at four to one, that looks like a pretty good bet to me. Yeah, I'd say so. And finishing the thought, I agree with you. Boston is the most impressive stat to me, just because we're it's Gary Bettman's world right now, and yeah. it is so hard to separate yourself. And not only have they separated themselves from their division, I think actually, I mean, the Leafs might be in second overall. I have to check the standings, but their divisional lead and uh, their overall league lead are both roughly the same. And uh, yeah, just yeah. phenomenal. And, and and honestly, it's a uh, tip of the cap to uh, Jimmy Montgomery for rolling sure. in there and uh, and keeping a good thing going and, and making it better. That was a team that uh, was near the bottom of the Eastern playoff teams. I think they were the seven or eighth seed. And now they've just taken flight and did so with, uh, you know, Miss Brad Marchand, at least for the first couple of weeks of the season. So amazing. All right. To close it out today, a little sense trivia, and it's brought to you by Kodiak Security Systems. So our question today, and congratulations to DJ Smith, who got his 100th NHL coaching win in the victory over Arizona on Thursday night. Now, it was in his 250th game coached, so... <laughs> And on the same night, Rod Brindamore got his 200th career win. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's the subject of our Sens trivia. 
DJ is second in all-time Sens games coached with 250. Again, 100th win the other night. Jacques Martin is the all-time leader at 528. So, Greg, who are the only other two men to coach more than 200 games for the Ottawa Senators? Put your back out. Wow. I don't know what that noise was. I don't know either. Uh, I'm going to say Rick Bonus. All right. And I'm going to say Paul McClain. Are those your final answers? Those are my final answers. You don't want any Corey Clouston action? Oh, I try to forget that stretch of time here. Corey Clouston fell just too shy at 198, so it wouldn't have been a bad guess, but it would have been wrong. (laughs) You are correct, sir. Rick Bonus and Paul McClain are your answers. And Rick Bonus still coaching at the age of 97. (laughs) It's nice to see. Nice to see. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we'll call it quits there. I want, to appreciate, I want to say that we appreciate you being here today. We hope you have a fantastic weekend. And uh, don't forget, once again, that you can catch the coach and I, SensNationHockey.com. Again, have a great weekend. Enjoy the NFL playoffs. There's a lot of junior hockey. Lots going on this weekend. And, uh, Greg, we'll talk to you next time. For sure. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for being with us on the Jim K. Ford Sens Nation podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and review. Share the show with your friends and followers or become a member on Patreon. Check out our website today at SensNationHockey.com.